Hi, friends. Welcome to Deep Dive, my brand new podcast born from a desire for critical thought, vulnerability, and awareness. I'm your host, Dana Falsetti, a thinker, a writer, a yoga teacher, an activist, an authenticity agent. Each month, you'll hear from me and my guests, ranging from iconic disruptors to everyday people, all candidly sharing our personal experiences on topics ranging from sexuality to social justice and consciousness to capitalism. Deep Dive is a space to tackle hard-hitting questions and controversial topics in a raw, empathetic, and curious way. And it's my space to rant and ramble freely, no holding back. Let's dive in. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Deep Dive. Thanks for joining me. I want to talk about relationships. Um, this has been on, this has been on my mind for a while. I actually remember being in Nashville, and I I was sitting in the in the rental car, getting ready to go do a shoot for Elizabeth Suzanne Clothing Company, based in Nashville, that I did some work with. And I went on this absolute rant, as usual, about relationships. And I can't really remember what sparked it or or where my head was at the time. But I was really wrapped up in just like an internal conversation about monogamy and ethical non-monogamy and polyamory and just how dynamic relationships are. And I got into this really in-depth sort of thought process about the way that I used to understand relationships and what they meant and what they could be versus how I understand them now, which of course it's all always evolving and changing. And also the language that we're used to using. Like Language is so interesting. Like we're limited in the way that we can speak and categories of things that we're used to. You know what I mean? Just we only know what we know is I guess what I'm trying to say. And we all believe a lot of the same things based on our understanding of language and understanding of ideas and things that get perpetuated. And it kind of dawned on me like, what does that even really mean? You know, to have limited ways of expressing and speaking and understanding things that we're even involved in it's just that might be like a little out there (laughs) but my brain goes there all the time where I'm just you know I know there's so much I don't know I know there's so much I don't understand there's so much that isn't even in my consciousness yet and I'm sure I'll go my whole life missing plenty and it's just kind of wild to think about but anyway my my past experiences, so I've had such a winding road of a relationship with relationships. And I'm going to talk about relationships and sex and intimacy kind of all together. And I understand that these things can be spoken about separately and they can be separate from one another. But for me, and I'm going to speak from personal experience, they've kind of always been very intersecting. And I mean, I think about growing up and I think for the most part, my understanding of relationships was mostly heteronormative and the idea of normal. And this is, this is something that now, I mean, it's got to be my least favorite word, 
my least favorite concept is that anything is normal. Um, but especially when you're growing up and you're trying to just understand the world and you're trying to understand your identity and who you are and what you need and what you want while also trying to fit in. Um, normal seems pretty ideal, I think, in a lot of ways. And I mean, we know this and I've said it already probably a bunch of different ways in different podcast episodes and other places. But, you know, we just we try so hard, most of us. Some of us spend our whole lives just trying to sort of be normal, trying to fit into boxes. And the last few years of my life have been all about breaking out of those and not stepping into them anymore. And that definitely means breaking down any notion of what is normal. Um, and in terms of relationships, in terms of sexuality, identity, it's never ending. I mean, normal is so far from what the reality is because it's always changing we are always changing and how can you really i mean your identity changes <laughs> your identity can change your emotions can change your love for yourself and for others can change everything changes so there's no normal and there might be language <laughs> some new language needed to explain um different ways, different ways of being in relationships, different uh, ways of, of intimacy, different ways of sexuality, different ways of identity. So I definitely don't feel that way anymore. My current understanding is kind of what I just said, that there is no normal, that everything is so fluid and always changing. And that then leads me to, so what's sort of the foundation of any of it? And of course, it's trust, it's communication, it's consent, which is ongoing, and we'll get to all of that. But I think, I think it really, it really comes down to what are your wants and needs, and it, it feels so it feels so wild to even say that because it's really hard to ask yourself that question without starting to tell yourself the story, without starting to compare what those wants and needs are, if you can even identify them, sometimes just identifying them and being honest with yourself about what they are, especially if they might be far from what is perceived as normal, can be hard to even admit and accept to yourself that your wants and needs are what they are, let alone not try to change them or ignore them or feel shame about them or guilt. And I think that a lot of that, of course, ties into relationships, sexuality, identity, intimacy, all of these things. And the other thing that's been on my mind lately, which I, I guess it's, I guess it's ego and it's conditioning and it's defense mechanisms and perhaps one of the ways that we try to validate our own existence is you know you feel like your way of of living is right you feel like what you know is right the way that you think about things and the way that you do things is the way to do them and it's hard it's hard to look at someone else and consider that 
a way of living that would never resonate with you, might never resonate with you, or definitely doesn't in this moment, is the very thing that is somebody else's fullest life, like happiest life. That's them living fully and authentically and with love and whatever else. And of course, it's, you know, it's not that you ever have to understand the way that somebody else lives, uh, but we can be accepting of it. But of course, that takes acceptance within yourself. If you've listened to some of the past episodes I've talked about, you know, the way you sort of see and treat yourself is often the way that you see and treat other people. We're often just kind of living projections, I think, of how we see ourselves and how we feel about who we are. So when you carry shame, and of course, like, this can extend to everything. And I talk about, I'm always talking about shame and fear, doubt, guilt, perception, all of these things. But when you live with that, it's kind, it's, it's hard to really truly live because you're not likely fulfilling your wants and your needs if you're constantly feeling shameful for having them the way that they are um, or for trying to fulfill them. And I think a lot of us maybe don't get past the first step of understanding what it is that we want and then to the next step of being cool with that, like being okay with living in a way that other people are not going to understand. That extends into all, all sorts of things. So again, I think it's about, it's about getting in touch with what your wants and your needs are and remaining really open and communicative. And I think, you know, this is something that I've, I'm just recently learning. I don't think too many people, at least in my experience and understanding, are innately and naturally great communicators. I think it's something a lot of people struggle with. It's hard to express what you want and what you need. And it's hard when you're afraid, you know, you're afraid of the judgment. You might be afraid of yourself. <laughs> Who knows? But it's so essential. And it's it's funny, I learned this from, I learned communication in relationships, I would say about maybe a year, year and a half ago, when I was involved with somebody who was poly. And we were not really, you know, it's just it's so funny even trying to talk about it, because I, I catch myself being so used to Again, I'm constantly comparing. It's like you compare your relationships to other relationships and other understandings of relationships, and that's how you form your context. You need the context of something else to give you context of something else. And so, you know, I hear myself and I'm like, well, I wasn't like dating this person, but we definitely had a relationship and we had a strong connection and we had trust. And, you know, there was some type, you know, some unique version of love, like every version of love between us. Um, and he was poly and he was in a few other relationships. And it was the first time that I had been involved in anything like that. Um, I've either in my life been in sort of committed relationships and been monogamous or I've been not committed and also ethically non-monogamous and sort of one or the other. So it was really interesting being with this person because I remember... I remember asking at the at, towards the beginning of our relationship about their experience being poly. And this person was monogamous before, you know, had shifted through different 
different types of relationships and different identities and just different, all sorts of different things. Also in the kink community and like a little bit in the BDSM community and just someone who really expanded my horizons uh, on all of these topics. And they said something that really changed the way that I understand all of all of these things that because we were talking about we were talking about jealousy we're talking about how jealousy comes up in in any relationship any kind of relationship it doesn't matter if you're monogamous or not those feelings can come up it's about how you're going to manage them and they described being poly in this really beautiful way of of giving like of being giving of being hugely loving of having trust and communication and um you know not in a way that is possessive and not in a way that is um you know hoarding of the person but instead loving very freely and it's not that you of course you can also love freely in monogamous relationships you can love freely in so many different ways but growing up um around monogamy and feeling that that was what was normal it was really a beautiful thing to hear and it just sort of shifted my understanding of of what love could be like um and now i see that it's it's endless that there are so many different ways to love and be loved there are so many different ways to be in relationships they're all unique in and of themselves and it's just kind of beautiful like it was just a beautiful thing to hear and and something that I, I think I needed to hear in a lot of ways so they went on to tell me that you know communication had become a very essential thing in their life because they, they shifted from sort of monogamy to polyamory. And it was really interesting because I'm, I'm, I, I remember thinking, well, like, we all need to be better communicators. And like, what, it, what does it even have to do with what kind of relationship you're in? And they, they were like, well, exactly. But the thing that was interesting is they started moving into sort of taboo territory. And because of that, the need for increased communication increased and so because of that they became better communicators which in every way of course heightens your trust and can heighten your respect for each other and can sort of deepen your intimacy that intimate connection and it's just really interesting and so then that got me to thinking I, I was shortly after that experience and conversation I was in a conversation with another friend who is very into monogamy and, you know, kind of claiming and, and not being able to understand how having multiple partners or just being in any kind of relationship that isn't just sort of our typical understanding of a relationship um, could work. Basically claiming that something other than monogamy is just too much. It's too hard. It's too many people and relationships to manage it's just too hectic and how can you love multiple people uh, at the same time and you know sort of the whole I think the stereotypical in many ways understanding of having many partners or just anything that's outside of the the bounds of monogamy 
But then I got to thinking, I mean, who who's to say? How can anybody say? I'm certainly not the one to say that being with multiple people um, or having just varied understandings of varied relationships is any harder than being in one relationship. You can be in one relationship and it could be an absolute shit show in every single way. And another person could be in a relationship with five different people and they could be healthy and and beautiful in every way, you know? So I don't think it's so easy. I don't think it's so black and white to assume that more equals more challenging or that you're spreading yourself too thin or that you're going to be very jealous or just all the things that are stereotypes. And I say this out loud, like to say it to myself, that there are just endless possibilities. And it, and it comes back every time to consent and communication, you know, and I think that that really is at the, at the basis of not only this whole conversation, but of course, all of these types of relationships is if you can stay communicative with your partner or your partner's if you can stay open and honest, then like you're golden. And I think that that's the hardest thing. And I, you know, I talk to people about these kinds of topics all the time in person because it's just these things are always on my mind. I love to engage different people in conversations about these things and just hear where their heads are at. And across the board, all types of relationships, different gender identities, different sexualities, just endless variations communicating is I think one of the hardest things so I think if you can maintain that you're golden because not only does it keep you in touch with what your wants and your needs are and being able to express them but it allows you to align with them and find people who align with them and continue moving through as you change you know with that person or without that person or people or you know what have you your scenario um that you can continue to do that on your own or together, continue to grow and continue to shift and change instead of having to hold strong to certain identifiers or to certain categories or this is the way you were once and so this is the way you're going to be forever. This is the way this relationship is at some point in time and that's the way it's going to be forever because it's just not like that. And I think it's unrealistic to anticipate that anything could stay so stagnant for so long because I don't, I'm not familiar with anything really that does that. And the concept, I think the concept of consent and how essential it is, I think if there's anything that would be the most important thing to say here, it's that consent is something that is 110% ongoing, constant, nonstop ongoing, like not even day to day, but moment to moment, you know, time to time. It's essential it's essential not only in in terms of having respect and and trust and love for 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 yourself and for your partner or your partners but it respects that we are shifting i think it respects that we are all constantly shifting and we all need to constantly be not only meeting ourselves where our wants and our needs are at that time but also your person and that's something i mean that's that's so much of what love is right there, I think. You know, it's it's sort of the ultimate, it's the ultimate selfless thing. Um, it's it's funny to be talking about this right now. I'm in, I know some of you know, but I'm in a new, newish relationship and 
feeling, you know, just feeling so much love, so much love with this person in a way that I haven't experienced before. And it really is in so many ways the most selfless thing. It is, you know, seeing the other person not the way that you want them to be and not the way that you see them and not as the version of them that is the potential that you see in them, but actually who they are and actually loving them for who they are and and not, you know, not trying to shift and, and manipulate and change them into to something else, but supporting them and accepting them and respecting them and exactly who they are and doing the exact same thing with yourself. And gosh, I mean, I think to be in a, in a partnership or in multiple partnerships or in any any dynamic scenario um, of, of relationship or intimacy or love um, in that way is just, you know, that's the most beautiful thing to, to continually respect each other, to continually, um, you know, support each other in, in your needs and in your wants. And it's hard because all sorts of things get in the way. Your own needs and wants might get in the way or might at some point, um, you know, not be aligned with someone else's needs and wants who you're, you know, already partnered with perhaps like these things change. Um, and we, ha- I think we have to be able to respect that, you know, and it's not to say that you can't continue to do the work. It's not to say that you can't um, continue to shift through those things as you change. Um, but gosh, I mean, I don't think, I don't think it's too easy to do that if we can't communicate and if we can't respect the fact that we're going to change and that people's needs are not linear. They're not linear. So, I mean, I and I guess all of that is to say that it's different, sort of different strokes for different folks. Like, and the reason I wanted to do this and in the first place, I, um, I had somebody reach out to me the other day online saying, you know, I, I see now that you're in this relationship with this one person. Has this changed your thoughts? Um, you know, the thing, the rants and rambles that you've gone on about, you know, ethical non-monogamy and being able to love freely and being, you know, understanding that everything is transient. And if you can see sort of the beauty in transience, the beauty in you know, the things that feel scary or the things that can feel painful or, you know, the unknown, um, that there's sort of a lot to be enjoyed there in many ways. Um, This person was asking if I felt differently about that now that I'm in this sort of committed relationship with one person. And my, my answer is no, because I believe that there are different ways of living for different people. I believe that there are different ways for different times in your life and there are different things that work for different relationships. What I mean by that is, you know, for myself, I think about myself like could I could I be poly? Like do I need to be monogamous? Like does ethical non-monogamy work for me like in committed relationships or you know, and I go through these questions in my head and the conclusion that I come to is essentially like, I don't know, (laughs) maybe like big, maybe question mark. We'll see. You know what I mean? I can't say. And I feel like, you know, that's me with everything. (laughs) That's me with everything lately. I'm like, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like anything is possible. (laughs) And I know that, you know, in, in some ways it's like the big eye roll response to that, but I really feel that way. You know, I feel like I sure like, 
could I be poly? Like, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe I could be with, you know, in that right time in my life where that makes sense. And I happen to meet other people and that makes sense. Like, I don't know who's to freaking say that that's, who's to say that that's ever going to be a yes or a no in my life? Like, can I only be monogamous? I don't know. It completely depends on who the person is and what the scenario is and what works for the collective, the us, you know, the group dynamic or the duo dynamic or, you know, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. No hard lines for me. For me personally, I don't want to put up hard boundaries. Like, I don't want to have such strong yeses and nos and firm, like, firm concepts of things that could never work for me. Because why, why bother? Like, why shut myself off to the possibility of a beautiful, amazing experience just because in this moment, I feel like I could never see it happening? Well, gosh, I mean, if I, if I felt like that and I followed through with that about anything in my life, I wouldn't be, wouldn't be doing much of anything, you know? So that's how I feel now. It's not to say I wouldn't struggle. I mean, I would I would certainly struggle with jealousy. Like, I'm not the most amazing communicator. I'm trying to get better at it. And I have gotten a little bit better at it, but I don't know. Relationships are hard. <laughs> Relationships are definitely hard. But it is interesting because I can see how, like, I can see for myself with monogamy how it re- kind of requires me, well, I guess even with polyamory, which I've I've never experienced, but if I ever did, you know, I think love in general, love in general, I see the beauty in transience. I mean, I, I see the beauty in pain. I see the beauty in, you know, I, I said to my partner this, this morning, we were talking about just communicating and, and love and just how scary it can be and how, you know, we long for, for partnerships and for, um, you're, you know, that person and then you get that person or you start to feel something and, you know, or something new and it's the most terrifying thing ever. But I think the transience of it all is one of the most beautiful things. And I, I know I've said this before as well, but, you know, I said to my partner, look, like, I know you'll hurt me. <laughs> you know, I know you'll hurt me at some point and I'll hurt you at some point and we will continue or not um, to keep choosing each other, you know? And I, and I think that that's what it is. It's like, I'm going to choose you time and time and time again here or not. <laughs> um, but those moments, you know, n- knowing that those downs, that the, that the pain or that the potential end will come or might come, I don't know. It doesn't have to be so scary. I guess. And I and I mean, I say that in terms of the relationship I'm in right now, but you can apply that to any of these scenarios. Like maybe you're feeling drawn towards um, non-monogamy. You know, maybe something is calling you in that direction or maybe you're being, you know, I don't know, called towards something in some way, a relationship or sexuality or some kind of experience that um, is unknown territory for you and is, is scary in many ways. But I don't know. I don't know what kind of amazing experience and, and, you know, beauty in your life might kind of be waiting for you in that space. And 
I don't know. I mean, my hope in general is that people can walk into those spaces instead of avoiding them for the the sake of shame and for the sake of of external perception of of any way or of any kind. So honor our wants and our needs while respecting what other people want and what other people need and not judging. It's so hard. It's so hard not to judge because we judge ourselves so strongly. And so we're, of course, very critical of other people. And the less you judge yourself, the less you'll need to judge others. But it's definitely challenging. But the beauty of it all is how fluid it is. Just go with it. Open to possibility, I think, is kind of the way to go. And again, even if you don't understand the way other people want to live, or maybe you don't even understand your own desires, like, but can you accept them? And let other people live the way that they need to live and seek out the way that you want to live and recognize that there are endless ways. Like, it's so crazy. There are endless ways to live. And there are endless ways to live that will never resonate with you, (laughs) that resonate so strongly with other people. And there are experiences that you'll think you'll never have or that you would never want to have or enjoy that you might have at some point in your life and that you might enjoy and it could be anything. And if you shut yourself off to it, you might just miss it. You might just miss that opportunity. So I think being open to possibility is one of the most amazing things. Like love and sexuality and intimacy are dynamic and they're so expansive. There are endless possibilities and experiences to have there. And I mean, I'm only 25. <laughs> I've got, you know, I hope I have plenty of, of years left and living to do. But it really, it's very eye-opening as as I get older and I have more experiences and I have more relationships with people, just all sorts of different types of relationships. And I experience different types of connections, different kinds of love, just different types of feelings. You know, you get to this, you get to a point where you think you, you think you know, you like, you think you felt it. You think you felt it all until you feel something new, until you feel something you haven't felt before, until you have a a new connection or a unique experience that is just uncharted territory. And it reminds you that there's so much that you don't know. There are so many experiences that are sort of waiting, feelings that are just waiting to be uncovered. And it's just, it's pretty remarkable. It's honestly pretty remarkable. And so it's exciting to me, you know, I mean, the the thought of being open to whatever might come my way. And, and instead of, instead of moving through my life in a way that is, is binary, you know, in a way that is sort of black and white, or very sure of um, what is or isn't for me, you know, in some ways, in some ways, that can be great, you know, in some ways, that's about boundaries. And that's about knowing who you are, and, you know, standing your ground and, and being who you need to be. But at the same time, it's recognizing that who you are and who others are is, again, constantly shifting. And that's exciting to me. Like, I love that. I love that what's resonating with me right now in terms of relationships, sexuality, my identity might be completely different in a few years and I might be having completely different experiences. And, you know, I love that I'm in a place now where I can see love as just this never-ending, super dynamic, like, not even a spectrum, but like a huge, crazy web, like, of infinity, like, ways to love, you know, and 
not having to define that in any specific way. Like you don't have to, gosh, like you don't have to define your relationships in any specific way if you don't want to. There might not be a way (laughs) to explain some relationship that you're in, but you don't have to. Like you don't have to be able to put a label on it. You don't even have to be able to explain it to other people. You just have to be able to be in it yourself and, and feel it and be happy and be loved and be be there with that person or with those people, be open and, and communicative and have that that trust and that connection. And that's really all it is. You know, I think like we spend so much time trying to figure everything out. Like, what is this and what does it mean? And like everybody else always wants to know too. And sometimes there isn't really an answer to that. Sometimes it just is what it is. Sometimes It's just a unique relationship. It's a unique love. Like at this point, I've experienced so many different kinds of love. And I I love that I can have that with different people and in different ways. It's beautiful. It's just beautiful. So anyway, I just wanted to come on here and give that little spiel and just say, you know, again, to just kind of open your mind to what might be possible, not only for yourself, but for other people. And don't worry about what other people are doing, especially, gosh, especially in terms of their own identities and their sexuality and their relationships. Like other people can do what they need to do. And I would love for y'all to do exactly what it is that you need to do with consent and trust and respect and love and deep, strong connections that are fulfilling and beautiful that is my hope for you. (laughs) That's my hope for all of us. Go love and be loved. Okay. I think that's it. Thank you so much for listening. I always forget to tell you to please rate and review and subscribe and do all of those things. So please do that. I'm so happy that you guys, you guys, and I say guys generally, that you people, you friends are loving the podcast and that it's resonating. I'm I'm honestly, I'm so happy. And uh, I love being able to share these thoughts with y'all and you know, hopefully plant some little seeds of, of your own thoughts for you to take wherever they may go. So anyway, thanks for listening and I'll catch you next time. Hi friends, Dana here. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Deep Dive. If you want more radical truth, make sure you subscribe. You can also keep up with me across social media at Dana Falsetti or visit my website, danafalsetti.com to find workshops, speaking engagements, or take an online class. See you next time.